0: Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Jeff Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. This is the lamp. Where's the Offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi everyone, welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host Riley Ennis, and this is episode 47. Welcome back everyone. I hope you all are having a wonderful week so far. Um, I'm doing great. My internet's back. That feels good. I finally got to clean my house this weekend which is something I hadn't done for a while so you know I'm just feeling very zen and fresh and clear-minded in my you know nice clean environment. Um As I report this, it is Monday night, so procrastinating as per usual, but still feeling good about it. I had about two-thirds of a white claw. Earlier tonight, and I'm having the other third right now as I record. So you know, it might be it might be a fun one today. Um, we do this thing where we pour mango white claws, mango specifically the mango white claws. I don't really like the other ones, but I can drink a damn mango white claw. Um, but if you really don't want to taste alcohol and want a drink that will fuck you up if you are a lightweight like me, um, pour a mango white claw into mango nectar. Goya is the better brand. Uh, my husband got some off-brand petite or something, it's not as good, but it's still fine. Um, but you pour the mango white claw into the mango nectar, and you can't taste any alcohol, and it tastes really good, and it just tastes like mango, and if you like mango like me, it's a good time. So, that's what I'm drinking this evening, and I encourage you all to try it. Um, unless you don't drink, then you go. I didn't drink for a really long time, so more power to you. <laughs> like I said, it's going to be weird tonight, but I think it's going to be fun. I'm really excited about tonight's topic. Um, Oh, the other thing that I did want to report on, and what I forgot to mention last week, is that last week was the one-year anniversary of the podcast starting, so that's exciting. I can't believe it's been a year that I've done this thing, and for the most part, put out an episode every week, except for, you know, a few breaks here and there, but I'm still really proud of myself for doing as well as I have, so... I'm just gonna take that moment to bask in it but um, thank you all so much for being with me and listening I couldn't have done it without any like interest well who knows I probably would have done it even if like no one has <laughs> no one ever said anything ever but that's why I'm so shocked anytime anyone reaches out to me and like says that they're a listener and that they enjoy what I put out because really I'm just doing this for some weird need that I had internally so the fact that anyone gets anything else out of it is a wonderful thing anyway so just thank you for being with me for the past year it's been really fun um and yeah there's a lot more fun things to come so like i mentioned i'm really excited about this week's episode because i talking about something that I loved to watch back in the day so those are always fun ones um, and I, I just wanted something where I could relax and not have to worry about binge watching an entire season of something really fast to get the entire context of something um, I just wanted something I could kind of pick up here and there and so it hit me I'm gonna do room raiders um, I don't know if anyone else was very much into room raiders but this was something I used to watch all the time when I was in I guess probably late elementary school and early middle school that was really when um, I was watching this that was the core time but it's just like one of those classic MTV dating shows along with I don't know next which I did a while ago um, and like parental control date my mom all of these ridiculous shows where I'm just like who (laughs) who thought they were gonna find their true love well no one no one thought they were gonna find their true love but I I really hope that someone has I would love to know if someone who went on these MTV dating shows has like stuck it out over the years and you know they just they just say thank you to MTV for way back when 15 years ago when they met on date my mom (laughs) but yeah room raiders was a fun one um I would just like binge watch these after school in my bedroom Uh, and i don't know it was one of those things where like deep down in my heart like back when i i think i mentioned this back last year probably yeah a week like this week a year ago wow um that i did pimp my ride but deep down in my heart i truly thought that i would be on room raiders one day because i was a young dumbass so I just thought like you know one day MTV is going to break in and just kidnap me out of my room and I'm going to meet someone based on whatever I have lying around. So hopefully they think I'm cool. So yeah that's basically the premise if you (laughs) didn't get that or you're not familiar with Room Raiders. but So for the background info, it ran on MTV from October 2003 to May 2009. Uh, basically the premise, like I pretty much just mentioned, three people would have their rooms rated by a fourth single person who would then choose who they'd like to go on a date uh, with based solely on the contents of their rooms. Um, Like I said, the ratees were like Radies are what I refer to them as in my notes that was nowhere in any of the like research that I did. I just came up with that term so I hope you all can like follow with that. Um, But the Radies were kidnapped in order to prevent them from doing any sort of like pre-cleaning or hiding of contraband. But photos were, they were told to remove photos of themselves, so I guess they knew what was going to happen, or like censor them with little smiley face stickers or whatever, even childhood photos, so that the person who was doing the investigating couldn't have any sort of glimpse into what that person might look like. Um, at the end of the episode, the raiders all get a chance to turn the tables and raid the room of the room Raider before the final decision is made, so that's always fun to watch. Um, And what was kind of cool was, I don't know, I guess, I don't know how revolutionary this was for 2003, but looking back on it, just knowing the general vibe of how we treated gay people and the type of things that we would use as casual insults that are actually deep slurs, um, (laughs) the show would feature both straight and gay couples. So that's cool that like, you know, they did that. I'm, I'm down with it. So the first episode was filmed at Tulane University and featured Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey to promote the the program and also, I guess, tie in with newlyweds. Um, that first episode was specifically branded as Dorm Raiders, but then the rest of the season used Room Raiders and then it was known as Room Raiders ever since. Okay, sorry, I'm back because I had to go um, shut my cat up because he was screaming bloody murder to be let into the bedroom where my husband is trying to go to sleep, so... That's nice. If you heard that on the track uh, slightly before this, then I'm sorry. It sounds like he is dying in abuse, but instead he just, you know, couldn't get in a bedroom. Um, Anyway, where was I? So the production team was inspired by the success of TRL. Uh, Hopefully everyone remembers TRL, Total Request Live. I was never really into that just because, I mean, I guess I kind of... I didn't really love like music video shows. I would watch them, but I preferred to watch them like in the morning when I would be getting ready on VH1. They used to have those music video countdowns in the morning, but I was never really a big TRL person. However, obviously it was a huge show, and they wanted to capture the same audience, so the casting was very particular for Room Raiders. All of the contestants were basically upper middle class. Most of them were white, but you know, there were some people of color, which is good (laughs) at least there were some um it was sort of mainstream like rather than alternative types of people like no really like heavy goth or punk type people for the most part there was one episode that I saw where um one of the girls was kind of like into anime and had sort of a cyber punky Amanda Palmer in 2009 kind of look steampunky does that make sense hopefully you know what that means when I say that that kind of vibe um so that was probably as alternative as that got uh, but they were all kind of like prepister prepister (laughs) prepster Hollister preppy Abercrombie and Fitch sort of type of people for the most part And they all had to live within 15 minutes of one another just in terms of the logistics of filming and trying to get from one location to the next. Um, Originally I guess in the first season specifically the show was much dirtier because it would show porn that would be like blurred out but like uh, they would you know definitely say like oh like this is a porno, look at this porn mag, look at this like centerfold that he has, Um, they had sex toys and they would even show, I think they used to even show the vibrators as long as they didn't look too like anatomically correct. Uh, condoms, and then they also had an infamous black light that they would use to check for suspicious stains over the bed sheets and such. Um, so they had this spy kit that had all sorts of things like gloves, latex gloves, a white glove set, um, a magnifying glass, but the black light was like the good stuff. That's what everyone was watching for. However, after the infamous Nipplegate Super Bowl halftime show, which feels especially relevant right now, uh, so I'm going to go off on a little bit of this feminist rant right here, so just stay with me here, folks. Um, (laughs) Alright, Nipplegate happened in, what, 2004? I was 12, by math, 11, I think, yes, 11, Uh, who knows, math is hard, Um, but I was a kid, right? And I watched that shit live, I remember it happening, and it was fine like it was shocking just because like people were shocked but I'm fine for the most part anyway. But you know it like didn't permanently damage me. There were a lot (laughs) there were a lot of things that permanently damaged me when I was a child but Nipplegate was not one of them. And now history repeats itself with the whole kerfuffle over the Super Bowl halftime show which I because my like friends list on Facebook is so curated and yes it's an echo chamber but at least you know it's an echo chamber of the right type of people in my opinion anyway i guess whatever um people who like care about other people <laughs> you know like basic human empathy that kind of thing um the only place that i've actually seen any sort of like ruffled feathers over the pole dancing and the halftime show and the scandalous nature of everything with jlo and shakira which i haven't watched yet i need to watch it i haven't seen it yet Um, I've seen like little clips and things, but I need to sit down and watch the whole like 15 minute shebang, which I'll probably do after I'm finished recording with this. Um, But the only place that I've actually seen anyone freaking out over it was my friend's comments and she is like in her 40s and a school teacher in North Carolina. (laughs) So she has friends and friends of friends who see her stuff who are like on the other side of the political spectrum that I don't have as much uh, exposure to, I guess. But I know that that stuff's happening. I know that there is an uproar over what's happening. And it's just like history repeats itself. Women of color are being demonized for being like sexualized. And it's just bullshit. Because in this case it's at least a woman like women being empowered. Um, and doing something for their own damn selves, as opposed to Janet Jackson, who is being exploited by Justin Timberlake. And if you want to hear, <laughs> if you want to hear some great rants about Justin Timberlake and what a horrible, manipulative, exploitative asshole he is, I very much suggest listening to um, any episode of the Smush Room that features Justin Timberlake or is adjacent to Justin Timberlake in any way, shape, or form. Because you can count on Troy to go off on a rant, uh, which I always appreciate because. He's the person who made me come around and realize that Justin Timberlake is a horrible person and I will have nothing to do with him anymore. Thank you, Troy. Um, Anyway. So, after the whole Nipplegate situation happened, MTV, which produced that halftime show, was fined half a million dollars, and the FCC in general cracked down on all sorts of like sexual innu- innuendo in television. Um, so, they had to eliminate the, back- the black light and just, I guess, be more cognizant of their censoring of the sexual things that happened in the show. Uh, which is really interesting because I watched several episodes before I decided on one to recap, and the one that I chose doesn't not have any blacklight it's like post blacklight era which is sad but there are other reasons that I want to talk about it that we'll get to but it's branded as room raiders gone wild and there's literally nothing wild it's like the most most innocent episode of room raiders to ever exist it's still really good it's good but it's just really funny that that's like what what they chose to go with for the branding. In terms of the production, um, the filming took place over several days. So in an interview with Van Winkles, which I could not access whatsoever when I was trying to do my research, I like tried to get back the, the primary source, but the link is broken. Um, I don't know what Van Winkles is, but I guess they like their domain lapsed or whatever. But back in New- November 2016, when it was still active... Noah Harlan, who is a senior field producer for seven of the nine seasons of the show, said that um, it was called a strip show, so it ran five days a week. There was a full three-day shoot that worked like this. On Monday and Tuesday, the director would reach out to all of the kids who were going to participate on the show. On Wednesday and Thursday, they'd go and visit all of them, but they, like, wouldn't tell them what the show was, and then they would, like, shoot it, and... um, what happened was the abduction happened. The contestant left the house. The seeker, as they called it, the raider, as I was referring to it, uh, it them, the person, whatever, would go in, and the room raiding would begin. And then the next day, the crew would pick up the people again, and I guess make them wear the same clothing. I didn't pay that much of attention to see like if their clothing changed at all, um, but they would show them the previous day's footage and then that's when the contestants would act as if the person was going through their rooms in real time and make comments and stuff. Um, The comments I guess were somewhat prompted you know they gave them certain things to riff off of but I think for the most part they relied on on the the contestants or the people I don't know whatever you want to call them uh, to like provide their own wit and commentary because some of the things that are people say are really clever and some things are really really cringy and awkward and you know it's just delicious in that way. So before the raiding would begin the crew would have to like check out the rest of the house just to make sure there wasn't anything there that was too dangerous I guess. because one I don't know if this is because or just something that also happened but one time someone was getting abducted you know like just one of the participants who knew that they were going to be on an MTV show Um, and as they were getting like kidnapped and dragged into this white creeper van their father started running after them and had a gun and so like the MTV crew had to rush in and explain what was going on so I don't know maybe that was just like a precautionary thing that happens now where they just do a little pre-raid so they did find tons of illicit objects ranging from from drug stashes to weapons like guns and uh, knives um, but in one instance there was a wild bobcat that people kept as a pet so the crew had to um, ask that it be kept off in another area while they were filming and I am willing to bet that that was an episode that happened in Florida I don't know where I don't know when but I just I would put good money on that happening in Florida. Uh, also a little fun fact is that the original concept for the show included the raider and the chosen Raidie to have a slumber party together in I guess the raider's room because that's where they end up um, and then the idea was scrapped because they, they were like let's maybe not film teens hooking up we already have the real world like how much else do we need <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Zach Efron was on an episode that's another little fun fact uh, you can find that one pretty easily on YouTube if you want to go watch it and as far as international versions I feel like there had to have been more than this but the only one that's mentioned anywhere that I could find was the Lithuanian version that debuted in 2010. Alright, so how did I choose this episode? So I watched a bunch that were on YouTube, and yeah, there are a lot more that were more scandalous and had the black light and showed the sexy things, but this is actually the first one I watched. It was in full, which was good because some of them were broken up and it was like hard to find both parts or they only had like one part or it jumped around or whatever. But the real reason, the real, real reason that I wanted to talk about this one is because this was the full episode that had All of the commercials in it. And who would have thought that 15 years later I would get so excited to watch a bunch of commercials. Five minutes of commercials. That was a little bit much. Okay like 10 minutes of commercials really. Because I count like there was one solid five minute chunk of commercials. And I was like damn I get mad like real mad when Hulu says like 99 seconds on it. And I was like how dare you. How dare you. Who do you think you are Hulu. I pay for you. But man, people really were just out here getting scammed, paying for cable and watching commercials for... Years and years and years. So maybe it makes me appreciate what I have more. Anyway, um, but it was just like fun to watch the commercials because it really just takes you back. And I feel like there's nothing that encapsulates like a time period more than the advertising that was going on. I mean, we look back at like the 50s and all of the iconic and like really fucking sexist, like if we're being honest, advertising and things like that. We love to look at like the advertising from the 1800s, where it's like cocaine does a baby good. like random shit like that so it was just fun to go back and watch these mid-2000s commercials. So this episode is called August 11th 2005 um, which is just what it's called like Room Raiders August 11th 2005 on YouTube so you can find it very easily. That was a that was a rough time for me I was like thinking back so I was like, okay, 2005, that would have been the summer between 6th and 7th grade, right before I started 7th grade. I was just like, whew, I don't remember much from that time, but probably because I know that there was like not, not a lot of good things were happening in my life at that time. Like middle school was not great for me. Um, and yeah, so I was just like, okay, so Room Raiders is probably like one of the happier and distincter memories I have. I, I mean I have happy memories. I like had friends and stuff. I There was just like shit going on. My parents were getting divorced and like getting remarried to people I didn't like. Like you know stuff was happening. <laughs> um, so this one as I mentioned was Room Raiders Gone Wild. Oh sorry. Room Raiders subtitle California. What super title? Like superscript? Gone Wild colon <laughs> Beauty and the Geeks. Room Raiders, California, Gone Wild, Beauty and the Geeks. They didn't say the California part. That was only written when, like, the announcer announced it. He said, Room Raiders, Gone Wild, Beauty and the Geeks. I don't know why there are so many titles for this one. I don't think it deserved that many titles, but whatever. And I wonder, because I don't think this was an MTV show, but... When did Beauty and the Geek air? Was it around this same time? I wonder if this was like kind of a tie-in or if this was just like a thing that people were into because there was that whole like Hot or Not movie that like had Paris Hilton, right? I didn't watch it. So someone fill me in. But I think that came out around this time as well. So there was a whole like Beauty and the Geek kind of interest happening, I guess, in the cultural zeitgeist. But that's what this episode is all about. So we meet Sarah. Sarah is 22. She's a writer at a magazine in San Diego. This whole episode takes place in San Diego, as the California part of the title says, I guess. Um, She tells about herself as we see like clips of her going about her day. So she likes to go to the beach. She says she likes to lay out and catch as many rays as possible, which is a very 2005 thing to be into because we're all into sun protection now, girly. I hope you're wearing your sunscreen. Her two biggest turn-ons are intelligent and a cut jawline. Like, she really likes the jawline, so that's good. Um, And her biggest dream is that she wants to be a talk show host like Oprah or Kelly Ripa. She's very, like, cute. She has long blonde hair and kind of, like, chubby cheeks. Just, like, a really sweet-looking face and, like, a very nice, sweet voice. Just very endearing. I feel like she would do very well as a talk show host. Because, like, who could hate this girl? She's very sweet. So I like Sarah a lot. And then... (laughs) Poor Sarah. I feel like MTV is really just, like, pulling one over on her because we are introduced to these three goobers. These three men. Men. Mm, boys. Big boys. Is, as far as I'll go. Men is a strong word for these people. Um, they are nerdier than the average Room Raiders contestant and far more annoying, I'll say. Well, maybe I won't say that because they had some douchey contestants also. But these guys, well... A couple of these guys are really obnoxious. So first we meet Kenneth. He is 18 and attending San Diego State University. As we see him also like performing or acting out like the things he's about to describe to us. He's wearing various Hawaiian shirts in all of these clips. Um, he says that in his spare time he likes to brush up on his super cool skills of dancing. We see a little squad split screen here where we are treated to all of his various styles of dance. Um none of them are good. He does not have rhythm. It's very much what you would like call the typical white guy dance, but like not even as dignified as the white man shuffle, which is for the white guy who doesn't who knows that he can't dance. This is a man who presumably knows he can't dance because surely he doesn't think that he's very good at dancing. I think he just enjoys to dance, which I can respect, but it's a lot to take in. <laughs> Um, And he says that he portrays himself through the emotion of music. He also says that over the years he's acquired a fascination with various types of grasses. Uh, Here he pulls a chunk of grass from the ground and gives it a deep sniff. And (laughs) he also says that what some people don't know is that the Kentucky bluegrass is not actually blue. So thank you for that one, Kenneth. That's really enlightening. His worst quality he says are his man breasts. Uh, he's filling an A cup now and um, the girls don't like that. Now that's you know I can admire his um, his strength and admitting that. And facing his flaws head on and recognizing what he has to overcome when he wants to impress the ladies. But while he's talking about this. this the whole voiceover happens while he's like pinching and rubbing his nipples really aggressively. Which is just Not something that you should memorialize on video. But he chooses to do so anyway. So yeah Kenneth's whole thing is a lot to take in. Um, It it gets it's all going up from here. Uh, One thing I will say is that he's 18. He acts like he's 14. He looks like he's like 16 and this girl is 22 and like uh, has a real ass (laughs) jaw. Like dear god Sarah (laughs) like please don't choose Kenneth. Um so the next person we meet is Caleb. Uh Caleb's most distinctive physical feature is that he has like very voluminous curly hair. I feel like in 2020 I don't think people say Jufro anymore. I don't think that is a correct thing to say. I would not say that. I feel uncomfortable saying that. But I do feel like in 2005 when this was airing that would have been the term that pretty much anyone would have used to describe his hairstyle. So just to paint a visual picture uh (laughs) He's 19, he's a student at San Diego State as well. Again, I note here, I was like, why, why are they setting up this 22-year-old woman with these like 18 and 19-year-old boys? So he tells us that he's most famous for his dinosaur impression, which is really good. We are then treated to this impression. Um, I guess it's good. It's fine. It seems like he's just a person who grew up really interested in Jurassic Park and dinosaurs. Like you know how like every five year old kid like is super into dinosaurs. I feel like he probably took that uh, took that interest like into high school with him. Um, he also says that they call him the Urban Raptor, which I feel like could be a really good rap name, but not for him. <laughs> Uh, He also does a Napoleon Dynamite impression. So I guess impressions are his thing in general, but Napoleon Dynamite and dinosaurs are like just two very opposite ends of a spectrum. Um, He does, like he looks like Napoleon Dynamite. It's not hard to do a Napoleon Dynamite impression. You know, you just have to get the speech pattern down, but he has it. So good for him. Um, He says that a fun date to go on would be go to Lord of the Rings because it's the best movie ever. And he says, and hopefully the extended version because the date would last longer. And then I was just like, oh my god, he's my husband. <laughs> like this is exactly, not that Andrew's like, oh, this would be the best date. But that is like his favorite movie, I think. Or like one of his favorite movies. It's a movie that he like loves, a series that he loves. And he insists on, he wants me to do it. He wants me to watch all of them. I've never seen them. It's like a whole thing now, you know. Like it's one of those things where it's just like, I feel like the opposing forces of me not seeing Lord of the Rings extended director's cut and him wanting more than anything in the world to have me watch Lord of the Rings extended director's cut are just like the two forces that are keeping like the world balanced and just like in check like it's the yin and the yang of like not only our relationship but the world is like it's at stake so I can't I just can't at this point it's I'm in too deep I can't watch them. Moving on, Uh, the next person we meet is Dane. Dane is like the flattest affect. He looks like he literally has come out of like Daria. Like he's just, hey, what's up? I'm Dane, I'm 22, I work at a skateboarding warehouse. I don't know, what is a skateboarding warehouse? Is that like where they ship skateboards from? Or is it like an indoor skate park? Because I always just knew them to be called indoor skate parks. But whatever. In his free time, you would think that he skateboards, but nope. He switches it up on you. He plays frisbee golf. He says frisbee golf's basically the same as golf. I guess I don't really play golf. He just likes to throw the frisbee at chains. I guess um, says that a turn off for him is someone he's like someone like it, it's weird the way that he words it. It's like a turn off for me or anyone like for um, how does he say it like a turn off for me for anyone I date or anyone in my life really I think is how he words it. Um, He's like, is someone who eats meat. He's like, that's not usually something I involve in my life. Which I guess, you know, you're in California, so it's probably not hard to just roll with the vegans and vegetarians. But when you're going on a blind dating show, hmm, probably a good chance you're going to find people who eat meat. So the guys are abducted from their houses one by one. Um, So as this happens, we get like some stats on each person's living situation. And what's really fun about this is just like the editing style is very dated, but it's just like fun, very iconic mid-2000s MTV, sort of like early 2000s retro-futuristic digital era millennium I don't know, I feel like you had to live through it to know what I'm talking about, like that aesthetic where we get some like computeristic beeping in the background and the houses like turn from like pictures of the houses into these like digital sketches. It's just, I don't know, the vibe of 2005. So Kenneth's place is first. It's a three-bedroom house. He lives with his family. These are the little stats that we get. We see the team bust in and they grab him from his hallway and they just like take him and they throw him in the back of a white van and then onto the next house. Um, So we see the person running. So I think Caleb and Kenneth live like, I don't know, five doors down from one another. Uh, Caleb's house is a two-bedroom house. It says that he lives with his mom and Caleb opens the door for them and then they just like grab him and kidnap him and grab him and stuff him in the van. And then next is Dane. Uh, So they just find Dane skateboarding, I guess, on the street outside of his house. But they, like, come up behind him, and they, like, grab him, and they're like, Dane? And they turn him around, and they confirm that it's him. So that's good, but, like, what if it hadn't been Dane, sir? You probably shouldn't have touched him before you knew. Um, His little stats are that it's a four-bedroom house, and he lives with three roommates. So finally, we have someone who's not living with their family. So the three guys are sitting in the back of the van watching Sarah on the little uh, screen that they have back there, explain to them that, yeah, you're on Room Raiders, and I'm going to raid your rooms and decide who I'm going to choose to go on a date with. The guys all cheer, but as I know, because I did the background research before I did my notes this time, um, that's all fake, because they recorded this the day before. So as Sarah explains the premise of the show to them, they all provide commentary on her. They say that she is cute. Um, Kenneth says that she has the perfect face, which is kind of like, you know, that's a really nice thing to say about someone. So it's kind of cute. So Sarah heads to Kenneth's house first. As she gets out of her SUV, we see her wearing just like, The most perfect mid-2000s get up. She's got on matching yellow stiletto heels and a yellow belt because you gotta match your accessories. Gotta match your belt to your shoes. Um, The guy's also like, oh, look at her shoes. Look at her belt. She's got on a light wash denim mini skirt. The perfect 2005 light wash denim mini. Um, a white tank top and then she's got a little purple shrug over it so this is an outfit that I could see myself wearing when I was like going to the mall well minus the heels cuz like your girl wore stiletto heels maybe five times in my life when I was like trying to be cool in college and then I was like "Mm -mm, nope not for me Um, but otherwise this is an outfit probably with like flip-flops that I'd wear (laughs) going to like the to the mall in 2005 Um, So as she walks up to the house, she comments on how it's in a residential area, and she hopes that she doesn't live with his mom because she likes an independent man. So uh, can this, you know, a a little strike against him there. And so she walks into the room, uh, the living room, and she sees his little sister just sitting on the couch. So like how awkward must that be for both of them, just to have one, a stranger, just walk into your house and she's like, oh, we have company. It's like, bitch, you are company. I'm not your company. I lived here. Um, But then also, like if I was participating in this show, I would not want anyone else who lived in the house to be there. It's like if I'm going into someone's home, yeah, I want to snoop around and stuff. And it's not like they spend time snooping around like in the common areas But I just, like, if I know I'm going into someone else's home to snoop in at least just one of the rooms, I don't want anyone else who lives in that house to be there. Because, like, you know, I feel like I can't really get down and dirty and delve into it when there's someone creeping around outside. However, Sarah's sweet, so she says hi to the sister, um, and she asks to to know a little bit about Kenneth. Um, She says, Kenneth's sister says that he has a wild personality, so I guess take that to mean it what you will I guess we'll see as time goes on as I elaborate on some of the commentary that Kenneth provides you can decide what a wild personality means for yourself um so Sarah asks the sister to show her to Kenneth's room and at first little sis pranks her by taking her into her own room it's all like pink and girly and and Sarah's like this is Kenneth's room and she's like nope it's fine (laughs) haha just kidding here here's his So Kenneth's room is weird looking. Um, It has green carpeted floors which I'm not really into a green carpeted floor. Makes me think of my grandmother's porch because she had green carpet on her porch. I feel like that's like a sensory memory so it's like not something I vividly remember but it's something that like feels very correct in my soul if that makes sense. Um, But it just doesn't seem right for a bedroom. Uh, the other two guys comment on it in the van. They're like, saying that it looks like a rest home, like an old folks home, and a hotel room. And yeah, it does. Like, It looks like a hotel room off the highway, like outside of a major, like outside of Tulsa. You know, like not in the city, like probably like a... a 45 minute drive in but like if your company sends you out there for work and they were like it's like oh it's a really shitty company and they're just like here you can stay in this hotel and it's like a one-off hotel it's not a chain that's what that room looks like I know that was a very specific picture I just painted for you so if you do go back and watch the episode please tell me if my like assessment was spot on or not. So one of the first things that Sarah sees when she walks into this Tulsa-ass hotel room <laughs> is um, Kenneth's Star Trek plates that he has hanging on the wall. And I feel like from that moment, I feel like in her soul, Sarah's like, gotta know. like she's, Her stomach's gotta drop a little bit. She's gotta be like, oh no. Oh, oh no. (laughs) So she, her, but her outward reaction is good. You know, she poker faces it and she's like, okay, that's a little different. I'm not really into that sci-fi stuff, so whatever. Um, Then over on his dresser, Sarah spies Kenneth's retainer, just sitting out there, hanging out on the dresser. Um, It's really gross inside the van. Kenneth says that he hasn't washed it in four months, although he does wear it, so... That is incredibly disgusting. I, you know, here's truth time, confession. I got braces, I had braces for like all of middle school. I think from like fourth grade was when I got my first two brackets like on my front teeth. I think it was like in fourth grade, till the end of eighth grade. I got them off right at the end of eighth grade. Um, And then I had a retainer and I wore my retainer all throughout high school and I cleaned my retainer like, I mean I like rinsed it out every day and I like cleaned it thoroughly every week. Uh, so that's incredibly disgusting for him to not clean it in four months. Um, and then here's my confession. Oh yeah, I started my confession. I didn't finish it. Uh, my confession is that I threw my retainer away when I went to college. <laughs> Cause I just decided that I was done wearing my retainer. And I was like, mm, you know, I'm not going to be wearing a retainer when I'm in college. Which is probably true. Like I wouldn't have worn it. But my teeth have definitely shifted now. It's not super noticeable. Like they still look good. But it does make me a little bit nervous. That like one day I'm going to need to like get a Invisalign or something to like straighten the back out. Um, So I kind of wish I hadn't thrown my retainer away. But you know you live and you learn. And there's no way like if I were to get a mold made from the original set. Like you know I'm sure I could go back to my orthodontist and be like I lost my retainer. And they like have my teeth sitting in storage somewhere and they could make me a new set like there's no way it would fit me because my teeth have definitely shifted significantly since then uh but they still look good so you know whatever it's fine until they start looking bad we're not gonna worry about it um anyway so back in Kenneth's room she sees his disgusting retainer uh also I'm mad that Kenneth would admit something like that on tv that's just makes me angry just hold it in what's wrong with you (laughs) like just don't say that but it cost you zero dollars to not admit that on television but he chose to anyway uh so Sarah decides to get out the gloves from her spy kit which is a good call but why do you even want to pick it up at all so she goes she has her gloves on thank you for being sanitary she picks it up and then she smells it and I mean, she's like, oh yeah, that's disgusting. Like, she's like, this is gross. Um, but she's not nearly as disgusted as I would expect her to be. And I'm very disappointed in her. Because uh, even all of the guys in the van are like, oh, disgusted that like she would even do that. Kenneth says that he wouldn't do that. So then Sarah looks through his dresser drawers and comments on his clothing. Um, she always kind of like comments on how large they are. Because, you know, Kenneth's like a bigger dude, but... It's for the most part all very positive stuff, so I don't, whatever, it's fine I guess. She holds up a pair of his khakis, like his shorts, and says that she thinks she could fit two Sarahs in one pair of shorts, she says, but actually that may kind of be fun, so I don't know, maybe Sarah's kind of fun, maybe she a freak. Uh, She finds a loose DVD just sitting out in a drawer, which drives me nuts, although that's definitely something I would have done when I was like 14, Um, but still, like, that's not okay, and... (laughs) whatever it's a learn how to knit video which is kind of nice um the guys kind of make fun of him in the van but Sarah says that she likes a guy who can be domestic so she's into it she's like maybe you can knit me a sweater or something which is cute And then Kenneth takes that cute little line that she gives him and his like riff that he decides to go with off of that is like ooh I'll knit you some panties pink and red with a little bow or no a little bell on it. It's just like so gross and I hate Kenneth so much. (laughs) And This is like the moment that I really hate Kenneth. Um, She goes over to his closet sees that he has a Nintendo 64 and a Sega Genesis but I don't care about that I care about the Nintendo 64 and I really wonder if he has Pokemon Snap. I don't know if I've talked about this before on this podcast but I love Pokemon Snap. (laughs) That is my favorite video game of all time if you have a Nintendo 64 and you have Pokemon Snap I will come to your house and I will play a new game of Pokemon Snap and I will beat it in two hours and I will leave like that's what I did to my friend's house the only time I ever went to her apartment before she moved to like a new apartment um my friend Megan who was actually on my episode on the simple life way back almost a year ago but if you want to hear our friendship we you can hear us on that episode um but One time I went over to her house when she was living with a couple of roommates and that was the only time I was ever there. I went over, I played Pokemon Snap, I beat the game and then I left. And then I never went over to that house again. Man, I love that game. Anyway, um, so Sarah sees his gaming systems and she says that it seems like he's still kind of into that video game thing which she doesn't like that kind of is just funny like he's still into that video game thing and I'm just like girl it's 2005 15 years later the boys are still going to be into that video game thing it's never going to (laughs) change you just gotta you just gotta accept it so then she sees his Hawaiian print shirts she's not really into those but obviously that's his sense of style girl so if you pick him you gotta gotta roll with it Um, she once again comments on the size of his clothes. She's like, oh, a size large. But then says like, I do like my guys kind of big to protect me and keep me warm at night. So it's fine, I guess. I don't know. I just don't love all of the like body talk that she has. Um, Kenneth says from the van that he'll be her bear and snuggle her. And then Caleb's kind of like, or smother her. And then, so the whole reason I wanted to say this whole exchange is because Kenneth finds a joke And when he's he's the type of guy that when he finds a joke, he just doesn't let it go. So this is the first of many times this episode he makes this joke. um, Kind of just ribbing on Caleb and says, at least the animal on my head won't attack her. So he's just like talking about his hair, how it's like puffy and curly. um, And how it looks like there's an animal on his head. But it's just like, it's annoying. On the other side of the closet, Sarah finds a collection of encyclopedias. Kenneth says, you got to brush up on your world events, geography, grass, because I guess he's really into grass. I would love if it was just like a G encyclopedia and then nothing else. Like he really is just like, just got to get, just got to read that grass entry. Sarah's really into the encyclopedia because she likes a guy who likes to read and she herself tries to learn a new word every day. Um, This is kind of, I don't know, this feels like it's kind of a dated moment. Like who has an encyclopedia set anymore? you don't need one the entire internet is in your pocket you have wikipedia you have specialized sites that can delve into things and you can access them within seconds you don't need to go to a bookshelf and pull out an encyclopedia and read a little blurb that just has a bare overview of a topic so that you know where to start when you research it further when you go to the library and you pull out the card catalog (laughs) I don't know it's just like I don't know do people have encyclopedia sets anymore I'm sure that they have them just because people bought them back in the day but does anyone buy an encyclopedia set anymore maybe classrooms that's probably the only application for them that I can imagine okay that got off topic um so back in the van Caleb makes some comment about like Oh, because Sarah says like, "Oh, you could teach me a word of the day," um, and Caleb makes some comment about Kenneth teaching a, her Klingon word, and Kenneth says something in Klingon. I should have made Andrew watch this because he probably could have. He probably could have translated it, um, but he says that it. He tells him that it means "animal on your head," which of uh, you know, it's so fucking annoying. Um, Sarah's done at Kenneth's, she gives us a quick little debrief, she really likes his encyclopedia collection and his knitting DVD, um, but she did not like his retainer just sitting out, like, she doesn't mind that he has a retainer, but that should be put up somewhere, and that is the bare minimum. It should also be cleaned, (laughs) it should also be, like, disinfected, he should probably get a new one at this point. Okay, so this, this is where we get our first commercial break, and I'm so excited, this was so fun, um, I'm just gonna talk about some of the, like, The ones that like struck me and just like comment on them a little bit as we go through. So we get a promo for Real World Austin, which was kind of cool because I've never really watched. I think I watched like one season of The Real World and I couldn't even tell you what city it was. Um, So I really do want to do that at some point. um, I would love to do that with a guest just because I like to do... Uh, guest episodes for ones that I have no background on because I think that's kind of fun for me to just talk to someone who like really loved that thing and I'm just like, yeah, that's like something I totally missed out on. Um and coming from those two perspectives I feel like is always interesting. But at some point I wanna do it regardless. So if you have a suggestion for what season or city or especially if you can send me a link to like a playlist um for something that has like a specific season, that's very helpful. So do that I would love that someone actually did that for me they had like a request for a show and I was like oh I don't know if I can find this and then they sent me like a link that had a YouTube playlist with everything and I was like all right I have no excuse um and that was a while ago so that's the one I'm going to do next week so maybe if you're listening you'll know that that was you and that's a little sneak peek on what we're going to do next week (laughs) Um, so then we get a Fantanas commercial, iconic, you know, like Wanta Fanta. Uh, I think that would be a really fun group costume, so ring, ring, friends who are listening to this, maybe (laughs) let's plan something for Halloween. Um, then I am just like shook to my core because we get the 40-year-old virgin trailer, which is just like, (laughs) it was so weird to me to see this, and I was like, wow, I really did used to live in a world where this was like a world before Steve Carell was in that movie because that just like skyrocketed his career before that he was what and like Bruce Almighty he had like you know the smaller part um and he was on The Office I know which was getting big but I feel like the 40 year old virgin was like the a huge thing that really took off and like made his career huge so I don't know I just also feel like That was a very iconic it was like Judd Apatow right I'm sure it was because it's got like the whole gang um and just I think that was like one of the first big Judd Apatow movies that got really popular and kind of kicked off that whole stoner bro genre of the like late 00s that was like a very big thing in the culture back then so I don't know that was that was fun to watch I really appreciated seeing the 40-year-old virgin trailer because that just really took me back um <laughs> we got a commercial for Valtrex for genital herpes so I just want to mention this because I definitely remember this commercial and I definitely like I surely did understand what genital herpes were because if I was Out of sixth, going into seventh grade, I would have already gone through basic sex ed. I don't know if we would have touched on herpes, though. Maybe I didn't fully understand. I probably did. I I probably had some limited understanding, because... I was on the internet from a really young age, and I was definitely on websites that I knew. I was like, oh, this is this is above my maturity level, and probably not for me, but I'm very fascinated by what I'm seeing, so I'm not going to click away. Um, so I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot from a young age. Um, so I, I probably knew what herpes were, but I just remember, like, watching this and just, like, not truly understanding what it was um, and just being like, okay, yeah, this is cool. This is fine. So, I don't know, maybe we could just all go back to like the stigma-free lifestyle and mindset of, of 12-year-olds and the world would be a more beautiful place. Um, then, this is also very exciting. All these commercials just got me really hyped. I just, I love a good old commercial. A new commercial a two thousand and twenty commercial. Puh, I spit on that. I hate a commercial, but a vintage commercial. Mm, nothing better. I love. Okay, I can. I think the white claws working, guys. I told you it was gonna get crazy this episode. But the next commercial was a promo for Seventies House, and I know that I've mentioned Seventies House on this show before. I know that I have. It was. probably, I don't know. It was probably over a year ago at this point, but. No, not over a year ago, unless I mentioned it in my very first episode. So maybe it was. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) But I I knew I remembered the show. I knew it wasn't a fever dream. It looked like a fever dream watching the promo. That was, what a weird concept for a show. But I looked it up because I was like, I really want to recap this. Does it exist? And there is a playlist on YouTube that I found. So I'm going to have to do that very soon uh, because I don't want to like, manifest (laughs) it getting like DMCA take downed, took downed, taken downed, taken downed? None of that's correct. I'm going to leave that in just so that you can get a a glimpse into the mindset of slight, just slightly, very slightly tipsy and also kind of tired late at night Riley. Um, Anyway, I don't want it to be taken down before I can recap it so I should do that one soon. But anyway, I'm very excited. Seeing that commercial was very exciting for me. So it comes back from commercials. Sarah makes her way to house number two. It's Caleb's place. Looks very similar to Kenneth's house, probably just because it is two streets over. I don't know. Um, Sarah kind of comments on this, that the houses look very similar, and she says that she hopes Caleb doesn't look like every other guy because she likes something a little different. So Caleb says from the van, I definitely don't look like every other guy. And Kenneth's like, you damn right you don't. So Kenneth and Caleb are like starting to form this kind of like friendly sort of rivalry between the two of them, betwixt the two. Um, you'll notice that Dane has not said a damn thing yet. Like he didn't have a single thing to say at all during Kenneth's whole room raid. So he he's a quiet one that Dane. He's a tough nut to crack. Uh, Sarah walks inside the house. There's no one there, thank God. I would like have a conniption if I had to like deal with people, like me walking into people's homes like two times in a row. Um, she walks inside she says that she likes the beachy feel that the house has Caleb's like yeah thanks my mom decorated it yeah I think we know dude Um, as she's walking upstairs to the room Sarah makes a comment about how you know they can they can go to the beach together and they can like rub oil on each other's backs so inside the van at that Kenneth does what looks like is Caleb's dinosaur impression he like barks a couple of times and then sort of meows or something and like contorts his hand into claws. I think it's supposed to signify arousal at the fact that she like made a comment about going to the beach and rubbing oil on people's backs. And again, I hate him. All right. um, Caleb and Dane at least both think he's nuts. So there's some hope for, from these men. Um, <laughs> So Sarah walks into Caleb's bedroom she has, like, a weird reaction to it. It's kind of, I mean, it's it's interesting. He's got, like, a loft bed. So it's a little bit unusual. He's got a computer over in the corner of the room. So maybe in 2005 that was something that was, like, not super common. I feel like people had, like, you know, a family computer room back then. Um, and maybe only if you were, like, really into computers you had your own. But I think in 2005 I had a computer in my room. So maybe what am I saying? Uh, anyway, um, so she goes, she's like, oh, my Goodness. Okay. Wow. 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 Like it's like she hates it, but it's fine. Um he's got an ensuite bathroom which Sarah likes. Caleb comments easy access in case I have to go pee and it's okay. Yes. Yes, thank you. That is indeed what ensuite bathrooms are for. Um, Sarah notices that he has a lot of belt buckles. Uh, So from the van, um, Kenneth asks if he collects them, and Caleb says that he does. Sarah is originally from Arizona herself, so she really likes his cowboy vibe. She's really into that. Um, And then she goes into his closet and then immediately finds that he has a cowboy hat. So I guess Caleb is also into cowboys. (laughs) That sounds weird. Uh, that sound is really uh different than I was <laughs> intending it to okay that's really funny um moving on so yeah Sarah finds his cowboy hat she's like cowboys are really sexy so this is a major plus plus. and then Caleb's like yes cowboys are really sexy that's exactly how I feel no he doesn't say that but in my heart I think that's how he feels uh she rifles through his dirty clothes on the floor because root raiders is always gross like that And she picks up his boxers. She's not really into the whole boxers thing. She says it's time to mature. The boxers a little bit uh, junior high for her. She's, you know, a man of his age should be wearing boxer briefs. Um, And this is where I also spill some more tea on my husband. I'm sorry that this episode is me just like I'm not dragging him because it's not there's nothing wrong with being really nerdy, but there is something wrong with being a grown man and wearing boxers. And I finally got him to switch to boxer briefs last year. That was an accomplishment. (laughs) <laughs> um anyway. Oh, I just also wanted to comment that in the van Kenneth is like ragging on Caleb for wearing boxer boxers, yeah, boxers. Um but Kenneth has very much the vibe of someone who wears boxers, so he is mm, I don't think one to talk. So then Sarah walks over to a set of shelves that has a bunch of figurines on it, you know nerd shit. Um, she says I don't know what you're collecting here but it looks like medieval men and it kind of freaks me out. Caleb uh, responds that it was Lord of the Rings. It, she," Well he says if you know Lord of the Rings you'll know that's Gimli. So oh, excuse her. Um, Kenneth calls him a whittle kid with his like action figures or whatever something like that. Something to that effect. Sarah also finds some pom-poms in his room, says that makes her think that he might have dated a hot cheerleader. Somehow I doubt it, but you know, I'm willing to be proven wrong. Like if someone has photo evidence of Caleb and a hot cheerleader dating in 2005 or 2004, whenever, you know, provide it to me and I will be happy to eat my words. Um, Sarah does a little rah-rah cheer for him and the guys all think that she's very hot doing her little cheerleader cheer. Then she finds his Napoleon Dynamite glasses um, and she's like oh, what's what's up with these 80s specs? So she puts them on. I guess they are like real prescription glasses or maybe they're just readers or something, so they're very, very strong. So she's like oh, these are really um, strong, you you must be blind, I hope you're wearing contacts or you at least have glasses that are more in style. Um, and then Caleb does some Nabol- Napoleon Dynamite impression in the van and it's it's lovely. Um, so then she finds, like, kind of underneath his lofted bed, sort of thing, just hanging on the wall, a random bird's claw. Uh, she calls it a claw of some sort. Indeed, it's perceptive. Um, but Caleb comments from the van in this sort of like weird, kind of like stereotypical nerd kind of voice. And he's like, wow, good point there. It is a claw. So I guess he's making fun of her. And I'm like, sir please like you have no room to talk okay like you're trying one you're trying to win a date with her and two you would be lucky to win a date with her this girl's cute as fuck so step back um he says that it's a snow owl claw sarah decides it's time to bust out the handy dandy spy kit, so she grabs her magnifying glass uh she takes a closer look she confirms that it is indeed a claw because you could see that without the magnifying glass um the magnifying glass was always extremely pointless i feel like though they had like a producer in the corner with like a gun trained on them in each episode being like use a fucking glass like you have to use a fucking spy kit that's our whole shtick here um so she looks the the claw with the magnifying glass she confirms it's claw indeed um (laughs) She says that the claw makes her think that he probably killed a real animal, so she's not into that. Um, And then Caleb is not happy from inside the van because he loves animals and he would never kill an animal and the claw is apparently something that he just like found on the ground. That's always something interesting that happens because that's the danger of room raiders is that if someone finds something and they make like a wrong um, assumption about someone and it's always just like funny to see what people say and like when people get really twisted over it. Uh, but it is kind of annoying when someone like that's the reason that someone doesn't choose someone specifically is because they made a wrong assumption but in this case like mm, I mean he has a claw hanging on his wall regardless so I don't really blame her for being off put by that. I'm gonna go ahead and take this moment just while I'm thinking about it because that does wrap it up for Caleb, uh, Yeah, Caleb's room um, but I'm just going to take this moment to comment on another trend that I noticed whenever I was watching Room Raiders. Uh, this is something I feel like I remember more so than something I necessarily saw a lot of when I was watching it, because I could only watch, what's was like available on YouTube. But whenever they had, because a lot of times they would find condoms in the bedside table, whenever they would find condoms, people would always be like, oh, condoms by the bedside table for easy access and that would sometimes be like a reason someone wouldn't be into someone. They'd be like, you know, I really liked the I don't know, fucking piggy bank that you had that was painted all rainbow. I thought that was really fun and showed your creative side. But I didn't like that you had condoms with in within easy access. Makes me wonder how many people you're seeing. Like if <laughs> Where, where else would someone keep their condoms? Logically, like in the bathroom, I guess, maybe. In the closet, I suppose. But it just makes more sense to keep it in your bedside table. Okay, that was it. Rant over. It was always just like a weird slut shamey thing that happened because there were always like condoms and people would always just be like, oh, in the bedside table however addendum to that i will say when it was men straight men specifically but sometimes gay men too who were being raided they would like strategically leave out their magnum condoms people would be like oh okay magnums hmm like "Mm, okay i think i mm, i don't know if those needed to be right there they always made sure that they were found So that wraps it up for Caleb's room as I said Um, in this kind of little interstitial right here the guys sort of rag on Dane a little bit since he's up next and like I said he's been really quiet I don't think he's said anything Um, but he says that he's not worried because goofball sums up both of their rooms which I don't disagree with. Um, So Sarah does her little debrief says that she liked the belt buckle and the cowboy hat because cowboys are sexy. But she didn't like the uh, bird claw and she didn't like the big thick 80s glasses. Um, She's like, I hope he doesn't kill birds because I'm not into violence. Take that stand, Sarah. Alright, so last but not least, Sarah pulls up to house number three, which is Dane's house. It's in a different neighborhood than the other two, um, so she says it doesn't really feel as homey or residential. But Dane's like, well, Aura's generic because, you know, he's a cool guy who lives in, like, a different kind of urban environment or whatever. Um, So she opens the door and Dane says that she's going to realize that he doesn't live with his mom. So, you know, he's going to look good there. But Caleb's like, oh, I'm sorry you don't get home-cooked meals every night. And Dane responds, I'm sorry I cook my own home-cooked meals. Which I, like, love as a response because, yeah, that's the correct answer as a 22-year-old man. I was like, I do get home cooked meals I cook them um and then Kenneth being fucking Kenneth being such a Kenneth in this moment uh says you don't have a woman rubbing your head before you go to bed each night which let's 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 take a moment to unpack this because I really feel like they just gloss right on over this is he's saying that he Kenneth is an 18 year old quote unquote man like I said man we're using the term man loosely refer to him as a man um and this is mommy rub his head before he goes to bed each night yikes yike on a bike I am not okay with that for multiple reasons but again I think what it mostly boils down to is do not admit this on television dude like You can be into your weird ass shit and you can just live your life and you can just not involve anyone else in that stuff and everyone else just moves on and we're all fine and you can just sort it out in therapy later. But uh, (laughs) I'm not okay with that. Alright, so Sarah walks into Dane's living room. She meets his roommate Brian. Once again, she has to like walk in on someone just going about their day. Uh, Brian probably got told like by MTV they're like yeah there's gonna be someone here they'll probably be here from like anytime between like 12 to like four forty-five. so just like hang out here in the living room And <laughs> he's just like well there goes my day um, so Sarah asks him to tell her what uh, Dane's like and Brian says that he's a ladies man he gets ladies all the time Dane's like well what can I say Brian's kind of helping me out there I don't know is that like a turn on for people I know that there was that whole scene in Legally Blonde where Elle walks up to like the guy who's getting rejected by the two hot girls and she's like you gave me the best sign of sex of my life and you took it all away from me um but I was just like I, I was never the person who was like oh yeah you're a ladies man oh that's great like I'm gonna have to compete with all these other girls that you're also into or whatever um so I guess it makes him seem cool, so that's fine. Sarah asks Brian if he can show her where Dane's room is, and he's like, uh, well, I can tell you where it is. So at first I was like, okay, asshole. All right, lazy. You don't want to get off the couch. He's probably stoned. I'm sure he's stoned. Um, and then he describes how to get to Dane's room, and I realize how far away it is, and I'm like, okay. I can't really blame you. So Sarah has to, like, walk out of the living room walk outside through like a back entrance a side entrance walk down this set of outside stairs and then go into dane's room which is just this like one-off private room connected like just from the outside um kenneth makes a dumb joke because dane's like oh i have my own private entrance and kenneth's like oh back entrance which is again i just fucking hate kenneth um and then as she walks downstairs, Caleb and Kenneth are kind of commenting on like how weird it is that you have to like walk downstairs. It looks like you're walking into this lair. And Dane's like, "Yeah, I call it the dungeon." And they all laugh. And I feel like they can like bond over that moment. They could probably be like, "Yeah, man, you play Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, you want to get a you want to get a campaign going? Um, nothing wrong with Dungeons and Dragons. I'm just saying they seem like the type." So Sarah walks into his room and she says that it feels like a cellar, but she's like, this is different, this is kind of cool, it's interesting, Um, I think it might be my favorite room of the three, maybe. But what it reminds me of mostly, like immediately I got a, a, a vibe, a memory of Scott Pilgrim. So I had to like Google that. And then I, I confirmed it once I Googled it that I was not off. It reminds me of Scott Pilgrim's room because it's all like wood paneling. And it's kind of just like lazy, schlubby bachelor vibes. So that's what it looks like in my opinion. Uh, first thing that she does when she looks through his room is that she finds his men's manicure kit. She says that, you know, she likes that he takes care of himself. Um, hands can be very sexy, so that's a good thing. And then in the van, they're all like, well, let let me see your hands. And he's like, well, they don't really look good right now. It's like, use your manicure kit, dude. They were probably in his stocking. I bet his mom gave him that. Then she finds some, like, antifungal, fungi-be-gone cure medicine thingy also in his drawer. Um, Dane says that, that is for his terrible athlete's foot, which, again, I mean, I guess she's already found the fungal cure stuff so it's fine it's like the cat's out of the bag but like you don't really need to like elaborate on how bad it is on television however you know these guys are something else Um, so she's like ew uh, not really into that but you know at least he's taking care of that and then Dane says something about like oh well if She smelled my dirty socks. It would put Kenneth's retainer to shame, which is disgusting. Um, She walks over to Dane's closet and pulls out the ugly jacket, as he calls it. So what this is, it is red and green plaid flannel. um, I guess like a thick kind of flannel jacket material with a denim vest sewn onto it. It's very, very ugly. It's very 80s, but it's also very fun. Like very ironic hipster kind of wear that I could see someone finding in a thrift store and wearing like rocking so dane is kind of that vibe he's got he's definitely got a more hipstery vibe as opposed to the like geekier dweebier vibe that the other two kind of have um so she puts it on she you know comments on how ugly it is and she's like i really hope this is a joke i feel like it's a it's a joke but it's one of those jokes that's been taken so far to the point of being like I no longer ironically love this anymore. I actually just genuinely love this. Um, But I also recognize that I originally started out loving it ironically. So she models it a bit. Dane thinks that she looks very hot in his ugly jacket. (laughs) And he's like, I couldn't be happier right now. Seeing her in my ugly jacket, perfect. So then Sarah walks over to this very cool like built-in shelving unit that he has that's like right next to his bed like above his bed beside his bed whatever like easy access to all of these books I kind of really like that setup Um, and so Sarah loves it he has a huge book collection the uh, bookshelf is like filled to the brim there's books stacked on top of books just you know on top of one another Um, what my bookshelf looked like when I was a child and couldn't control myself. Um, so she says that he's the only one that she's seen that has a really good book collection. Now, Kenneth had the encyclopedias, or at least he had the G encyclopedia. Um, but, yeah, she hadn't seen any real, like, books from the other guys. So that says, or she says that it makes her think that he's an intellectual, and there's nothing sexier than that. Um, and then Dane says that he's a faux intellectual. He likes to fool people, and I can definitely see that. He has faux intellectual vibes. Yes, yes, indeed. But then she's like, uh-oh, danger. She, like, makes that little pun there. It um, says that she needs her spy kit so she gets out the white gloves and she does the, the dust test on the bookshelf. She, you know, like, she swipes her finger, but she, like, swipes it, like, right up next to the book. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're not reading them that often like if these are books you've already read and you're not like pulling them out a bunch and you're just like kind of do a a precursory dust over you're, you're probably going to miss the dust right up against that but she gets up in there and she pulls out the glove it has dust on the finger and it's not even that much dust but you can see it's a lot of dust but she's not into that she says um you know she has this little like a cute little innuendo line where she's like always cleaned your wood at least once a week and the guys are like ugh, ugh, hot girl said sexy thing you know whatever um so she's done in dane's room and he thinks that it went pretty well uh she says that she liked his manicure kit but she did not like the anti-fungal liquid and the flannel jean jacket um she, well i guess it's not so much that she didn't like it but she says that it belonged it looked like it belonged to a breakdancing lumberjack which is fun Um, second commercial break, so we get our little commercials here. We get the promo for the 2005 VMAs hosted by P. Diddy. Remember when P. Diddy was always just, like, hosting things and, like, throwing white parties and the tabloids were always talking about, like, what was going on on his yachts and stuff? Yeah. Back in the day. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe people still keep up with P. Diddy, but I feel like he's not someone that people keep up with anymore. Who knows? I could be very, very wrong. Then then there's a promo for a show that I have never heard before and I don't know how I missed out on this because obviously I was watching MTV back like in this era maybe it was just something that I was like "Ooh, I have no interest in this and I just like you know didn't ever watch it and just let it go from my memory but I literally have never heard of this if you watch this please let me know how it was because it looks good as fuck so I'm going to definitely go back and look into this. But it was called Trailer Fabulous. And yes, it's basically what it sounds like. Um, So that looks really fun. Then there's a Taco Bell commercial for Cheesy Gordita Crunch. I think that was like a limited time special thing. I don't think they have those. So, you know, blast from the past. However, I will say if it was not that, if it was a commercial for a chicken enchilada grilled stuffed burrito, which was like the best the best limited edition Taco Bell item to ever exist and was the thing that made me obsessed with Taco Bell when I was a kid I probably would have cried. So at least it was another kind of commercial. Um, We get this Ikea catalog commercial that's just this woman who's like awkwardly sexually moaning and her neighbor hears it from outside. I don't really remember this commercial um, but I feel like Ikea should have more class than that. Uh, And this is when I know it. I was like, damn, five solid minutes of commercials. This is a lot. Because there was like obviously a bunch that I didn't talk about because they were boring. (laughs) Take that, Tampax Pearl. I had to watch you twice and I didn't even talk about you. All right. So we go back to the main show. Um, The guys now get to find out that they are going to raid Sarah's room now before she reveals who was chosen. So they go to her house. Kenneth almost like trips and eats it going upstairs to Sarah's room, which is, you know, funny because he deserves it. And they get in and immediately bust out the spy kit. So they use the tongs to pick up some like kind of silky looking like lingerie nightgown looking thing from her laundry basket. Um, I guess it's good that they're at least using the tongs for that. Uh, They use the white gloves to check her bookshelf for dust. It's dusty just like everyone's bookshelf is. Calm down Sarah. Um, Call her a dirty beast which is mm, maybe not the best but whatever. And then they, of course, have to do the stupid guy thing that happens on every episode of Room Raiders when they find the bras, and they put the bras on. So Kenneth has, like, her little sticky, like, bra insert things, like, sticky cup things, and he um, he puts them on. We get, <laughs> we're treated to the sight of one of the uh, the faded man boobs that he he spoke of at the beginning of the episode. And Dane puts one of her bras on his head. And it's always, it, it's always like this. The guys go into a girl's room. They find a bra. They pu- either put it on their chest or they put it on their heads. They just, it's, it's something that they're compelled to do. I don't understand it. So then all three of the guys model some of her hats. She has, like, quite the hat collection. It's very, like like, lime green, bright green hats. Maybe that was the vibe back in the day. So then, this makes me so mad. Oh my God, this made me so angry. I really want to punch Kenneth in the face. Like if I, if I didn't want to do it before then, before now, I want to do it now. So they find all of her bathing suits and they're like going through all of her bikinis and stuff. And then Kenneth finds her bikini top. And you know, ladies, ladies, you know how when you have a bikini top because you're a woman, And it's like socially unacceptable for the world to know that we have nipples. So we're not even allowed to show those nipples through fabric. That's highly discouraged. It's something I'm personally like working on as my own sort of feminist uh, crusade. Personally, I'm trying to wear bras as little as possible other than at work. Because I feel like, you know, the nips shouldn't be flying free at work. But, you know, it's, it's something I'm working on. I'm still not comfortable with them like very obviously poking out through fabric. But because nipples are socially unacceptable we have bikinis that have these little padded inserts in them that don't like enhance anything or like they're not it's not like a padded push-up bra or anything it's literally just to like keep everything smooth and just keep keep the the lines nice but Kenneth pulls it out pulls it out of the bikini tops and he's like it's padded crap I don't like a girl that's trying to fake something and I was like one infuriating two bitch that's not how bathing suits work (laughs) or that is how bathing suits work and three those things are such a pain in the ass to get back in I would be so annoyed if he was going through and pulling them out of mine I would be like get back in there and you try and stuff those motherfuckers back in that little triangle and then when you're done pull it back out because guess what bitch you put it in upside down (laughs) okay I'm gonna calm down for a second okay I took a minute I'm back let's finish up strong all right so Sarah walks in on the guys playing around in her stuff um and she's like oh hey um did you guys find anything good and Kenneth goes I found fake breasts in the top drawers and it's annoying because it's just like okay whatever they're like sticky bras like they have different applications for different things it's just obnoxious that he would immediately like go to like calling her out and being like ha ha you stuff your bra winch these women are always trying to deceive us the shapeshifters (sighs) anyway (laughs) anyway so that's bad enough that he has to say that but then he tells her he's like and I wore them and she's like okay um better I probably didn't know that well anyway let's get down to business (laughs) poor Sarah (sighs) poor Sarah and she's already, like, made up her mind, too. Let's, let me just throw this out there. Like, I think they make her choose which room she's going with before she starts this whole shebang. So, anyway. So she goes through and she kind of tells each guy what she liked about each room, which she already basically said in her individual little debrief after each raid. But two of the guys must go. Um, so she says in one of the rooms she found a lot of dirt, and as you can see, I like to live in a clean space. So room number three, you have to go. So Dane gets eliminated. Um, he goes and shakes her hand. He's like, yeah, you know, it's probably for the best. I might be a little dirty for you. Which I don't know exactly what that means, but whatever. Next, she says that she was creeped out by the bird claw, and it made her think that it was a dead animal that he shot. So she says goodbye to room number two. So Caleb goes, like shakes her hand, gives her a hug. He's like, well, if it makes you feel better, I, I found the claw. And she was like, oh, okay. oh, that does make me feel better. Okay, bye. Um, and then that means... Fucking Kenneth. Fucking Kenneth is the one that she has to walk away with. Ugh, poor Sarah. Um, So they kind of like hug and, you know, shake hands or whatever. Um, We see a little side interview where Sarah's kind of just like laying down in the grass outside. And she's like, you know, Kenneth isn't the type of guy I'd normally type. You know, i normally date. He's a little bit geeky, but maybe I'll give it a shot. And then Kenneth also does a little exit interview, also laying down in the grass in the same position. You know, he just can't pull it off like Sarah does, though. So he says that he's happy he got picked, but there was no doubt in his mind that he wasn't going to get picked because the other guys are complete geeky dweebs. All right. Sure, Kenneth. Sure. Um, he says that a mutual connection is yet to be made, but I can tell you one thing. Laying down in this position is incredibly uncomfortable. So back in Sarah's room it shows uh, Sarah talking about the video games that she found and she's like well you know I have a Nintendo original NES downstairs and he's like oh my god the original NES yeah let's go I can teach you how to play. Um, So they go play they go downstairs to play track and field. Uh, We get like a little moment here with the other two guys they kind of have their exit interviews. Caleb just says that Kenneth is a bigger geek than he is, um, and Dane says that he was disappointed to find dust in Sarah's room because that's what she eliminated him for, which I totally 100% behind him on this. Like, It would have been one thing if she was like, sorry, you had fungal stuff, and that just kind of grossed me out, but for it to be like the dust when Sarah specifically had dust also on her bookshelf is a wee bit hypocritical. So then the episode ends with Kenneth and Sarah playing the NES Track and Field. Um, I've never played this game. I was I never really I, I never had an NES. I only ever played it when I was in daycare, back in like fourth and fifth grade. There was an old NES like system. And they had Duck Hunt, and I was into that, but I never played track and field. But they have this little mat thing that they're running on that looks like the old, like, Dance Dance Revolution home game mats, which my friend did have, so I did play that. Um, so they're running, they're holding hands, which I'm sure MTV made them do, because I bet Sarah's like, oh, get away from me, you gross dude. Uh, Sarah, uh, Kenneth is holding what looks like is one of the sticky bra inserts, like, in his hand, which I don't love Um, and then Sarah has changed into her like I guess workout outfit so she's wearing like Nike shorts or whatever but she's basically just wearing a tube top which I guess is a sports bra like I guess it's like a compression tube top but I would not want to be like running around with a guy I just met in a tube top but you know what whatever you go girl like I love that she I love that she goes for it so more power to her and that ends the episode that was that was a good one guys there was so much to talk about um I went off on some really fun rants uh, maybe I should do this with a white claw in my hand every time because I feel like that really empowered me although I think there was a moment when I got maybe just a hair too tipsy and maybe that will reflect in the episode but maybe you guys enjoyed it because I'm feeling good now because like I said it was only a third of a white claw and a bunch of mango juice so it's probably fine Um where are they now? Impossible to do. If you google Sarah uh room raiders where are they now like nothing comes up. How do I know? So hopefully they're all doing well. I'm sure they're just living normal ass lives like every other person that's ever been on reality tv who hasn't made a career out of it. Um does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? Yes. Yes it is. Yes it well does it hold up? It's very much, like, of the era. It's a time capsule of that 2005 MTV kind of feeling. I don't know if a show like this could exist in 2020. It almost feels too innocent to be like, I'm going to get to know someone by, like, looking through their room. Because I feel like we don't, I mean, maybe we do, but I feel like so much of our lives is, like, in our phones instead of in our rooms if that makes sense like instead of having a bunch of different CDs scattered around it's like okay well what Spotify playlist do I have that I'm listening to on my phone um instead of having like a bunch of different like movies you know it's like what Netflix shows are in my queue um we obviously still have like posters and things like that that, like represent our interests and stuff I don't know I just feel like it probably wouldn't have the same impact in 2020 that it would in 2005 but uh, if you if you disagree with me, I'd like to hear your perspective on that. So let me know. Um, but yeah, it was definitely worth a rewatch. It's a blast from the past. If you watched it back in the day, definitely go back and rewatch it. When you want something fun, just like lighthearted to do, it'll be good like background show if you're like cleaning or just like doing something that you just kind of want some mindless entertainment on. But I definitely think it's worth a rewatch. All right, you guys, we made it to the end of the episode. This was a really long one for it being a solo episode. I guess I was really just feeling myself. So if you enjoyed this, please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you found this because that really does help me out. Um, Tell your friends about this podcast if you think they'd enjoy it. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Um, And you can give me a follow on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast on Instagram at Pod, or you can follow my personal Instagram at really underscore Riley, or send me an email at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, I love you so much. Um, thank you for being with me over the past year, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.